I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Come in! Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's the Football Ramble. Lovely to have you back, the listeners. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined by Pete. This is... Pete Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit over the top, Pete. <laughs> In case there was any doubt at all. Pete, you're not very well today, are you? I'm not very well. I'm going to kind of take a little bit of a back seat, if that's all right with you guys. I was sick all morning. But no, it'll be mind. like Jimmy Stewart, you know, in that film where he looks... Into um, the oh, world without, without him. No, no, but he did that a lot. It's a Joe's house. There's a rabbit, only I can say. But it's like, it's, is it a wonderful life where he, he gets shown uh, the world without him? Yeah. yeah. This is what it'll be like for me, just looking in <laughs> at you guys. Yep. Good. We're all clear on that. Uh, Luke makes his uh, welcomed return once again. Have you got one for me, Pete? No? All right. Just, all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, they don't. Um, You're just not showbiz. No. I'm, I'm, I've not lost touch with our listener base, Mark. <laughs> That's probably the difference between me and Pete. And uh, James or Jim once again. Yeah, I'm here. I'm back with the Renegade Masters. So. <laughs> First of all, it's the old of Pete. It's the old old. Automate, li- listen to my someone calling my name. I haven't got to say it myself. You're still going on about that. Then it's the old, yeah. uh, oh, I'm ill. Everyone pity me. Jealous, Mark. <laughs> if I was ill, Mark, I she wouldn't know because I wouldn't make a big deal out of it. Outrageous. <laughs> 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 That's well, true. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to start um, by reading an email. It says, All the Reet Ramblers, I probably laughed as much as you guys did uh, when Sol Campbell announced his intention to play in the 2010 World Cup while playing for Notts County. However, his return to Arsenal and his subsequent goal in the Champions League certainly had me thinking um, that he's made an, at least an adequate comeback. And indeed, anything can happen in football. So, my question to you is, what is the best footballing comeback you can think of when players return Turn from the wilderness. That's from Dan Johnson, who is a Southampton fan. Did I? That slip through the net. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, you go first. Um, I'm going to go for um, Stephen Carr. Mm, okay, good, good yeah. yeah. Um, was thinking about retiring. Um, left his car, left his club. Was like, oh, I'm not going. I'm, I'm done. I'm finished. Mm. Um, and then he uh, he obviously surfaced. Uh, got. I think it was a play, pay as you play deal at Birmingham, and impressed so much that he got offered a proper contract and he's now club captain and now look at him he's having a wonderful season mm. as well he's doing very well with uh, Roger Johnson and Scott Down and all those lot in the Birmingham defence yep um, was a big part of that sort of unbeaten 12 game run they went on earlier in the season that's right ok they're having a bit of a wobble but he's still doing well he is and like I say he's club captain so I think Stephen Carr would be mine ok it's, it's, it's a contender for the points I'll just sit back and await the points <laughs> James or Jim 
Right, I am going to go for Paolo Rossi because he Ooh. sort of he sort of really really slipped. I, I forget the actual details of it, which is um, sort of it's a, a former a Italian shame for me. Yeah, yeah. World, World Cup winner, isn't it? Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. He, he, was he was in prison. Is that right? Eighty two was his World Cup because he'd been like a sort of a real real big hero, and then he had this really shocking time where he ended up going to prison, and I mean, it almost looked like he was going to retire. I think right, you know, right. And then he came back, and they they won the World Cup. He was the absolute star. He was and top scorer. Yeah, weird parallels with him and Luca Toni as well because Luca Toni was like sort of down in Serie C, wasn't he? before he sort of joined Fiorentina and then started banging them in for them. Cheers, James. Take my one. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting a point. <laughs> he, he was truck driver, Luke. He was a truck driver, Lucas. Yeah, he was, You yeah. can have Lee Hughes. Oh, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> uh, go on, I've who got, you got? Um, I'll think um, of one b- before it gets to me. Go well, on. I mean, don't be blown away by mine. you got to listen to mine because I might win the no, point. No, absolutely. The point. Robert Lee. Oh, <laughs> of Rude, Rude Hullett stripped him of the captaincy and squad number uh, oh, when, he, really? when, when was, he came. Do you know why that was, Because he's an arrogant Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> and God knows they're the worst kind of Dutchman. He's making, a, he's making the word Dutchman into an insult. <laughs> you but no, Dutchman? He, he was, uh, Clarence Seedorf and I disagree with you about that Dutchman. Yeah. But he gave, he gave the captaincy to uh, Alan Shearer. He relegated Shearer to the bench, didn't he? Yeah, well, he was... Well, basically, he wanted to be the biggest star of the club, basically, Hullet. And obviously, he's never going to do that because... Well, we didn't win the league, for example. We didn't <laughs> no, win anything. Again, yeah. But um, but yeah yeah he was um, so he, Robson brought him back after a couple of years and he was an absolutely devastating force in the midfield. He was a brilliant player. Like, I always thought that was really really sad and just childish and petty, just such a waste of such. He a He had to train on his own. He forced him to train he? on his own. He just That's didn't want him anyway. because he was he was the captain and he was like the team spokesman. And Hullet didn't like it when Lee went. Well, these this is how we feel basically. And he was like, well, well, he, get, when, that is own. terrible behaviour from a manager. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. absolutely shocking. It's Hullet esque. Huddle sorted himself out subsequently, I think. Yeah, yeah. you love Huddle, don't you? No, 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 I I didn't like him when he was, um, As a man, I mean, as a coach, he's decent. No, no, but as I say, subsequently, after the England job, I think... You know, personality-wise, he might have sorted himself yeah, out a bit more. I've met, I have met him, and, and he's doing a wonderful thing, as we talked about in Spain. Andy yeah. Burton. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't admit, he's a nice guy. Shut up. <laughs> so I was, right. One thing I wanted to add about the Hullet thing, and just to touch on that, was when he uh, he rele- relegated Shearer to the bench, it was for a, a derby, wasn't it? For a Newcastle Sunderland yeah. derby. Was it? And it eventually cost him his job, effectively, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Good. Because the uproar was so so immense. Uh, Rob Lee, best man never to captain England. No, I, I, I believe. Well, he played. He played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I believe he somebody, England, somebody, yeah. somebody, somebody, did he? Backed me up and said he did captain England once. So well, I think that was you, man. You or Robert Lee? Hello, I am no- notable Newcastle United historian. <laughs> Pe- Bob Lee. Don, Don Peterson. <laughs> 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 well, I um, I've had time to think, and I've got one. Go on, Robbie Fowler. When he went back to Liverpool, it wasn't, oh, wasn't a gr- roaring success, though, was it? Well, hang on the a minute. Best here. footballing comeback with the words you used. <laughs> <laughs> well, you t- James took my one of Luca Tony. Well, I didn't actually. I did. You could have still had it. Well, I'm no. On principle, I'm going for Fowler. Okay. It was a comeback I enjoyed. Not as much as him. No, you're right. He was. He, <laughs> see his he nostrils was, right He now. was out of it. He was. He not literally. Well, he might have been. But uh, <laughs> and he, he came back. It was a sensational return to Liverpool. You've got to say. Oh, it was a great. It came full circle. Yeah, it, it was. was it, it was nice was to nice. see. But um, but the only point I was making on on that was that he arguably wasn't really that much of a success when he came back there. Oh, he was. All he right. did all right. He did all right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Every time he scored, it was just joyous, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, he only got a few goals from it, but it was brilliant. I think you know I've got the points, and you're just getting on. Getting on. With um, it. Honorable mention to Dbeck. Yeah, yeah. Dbeck, mm-hmm. how many times do you want? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did it, did it at, um, for England, yeah. and uh, 
and did it for um, where else he did? I mean, well, he was like twenty three when he had to do it the first time. So <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's <laughs> I'm not sure what fair old few cracks it. He done it twice for England. He did it first time round. He did it again when when McLaren did that ill advised, yeah. ceremonious booting out of the squad. God, yeah. You know, I, I even forgot all about that. Mm. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to go. I, we should have gone for like Kenny Pavey in the future when he returns to England and <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. when well, he lifts the World Cup. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you know, like a film King Ralph, where loads, there's no one in line for the throne because everyone's died and they can't find anyone, and King Ralph becomes uh, king. It's, it's got, um, it's a, um, I think it's John Goodman or John Candy, one of the two, and he becomes king. He's like this American guy. Yeah. That's what's oh, happening yeah. with Pavey. Yeah. So all the midfielders are going to like be injured or go missing and stuff. There's going to be no one left, and Pavey will come along. He'll be there on merit, Luke. Yeah, How oh, dare sorry, you? Yeah. That's, How what dare you? That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, the points are going to go to James or Jim with Paolo Rossi. Two in a row, two in a row. <laughs> Only because he took yours, because it was in your no, mind. because Paolo Rossi's the best So one. would you have given yourself the points yeah. today with no, Paolo Rossi? No, because I was going for Luca Toni. Oh, sorry, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Paolo Rossi's got them. End of chaps. Fine, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about this afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move straight on to the Premier League. Um, Everton 3, Manchester United 1. Mm. Mm. Everton... So, couple of big scouts of late yeah and they've got a decent running coming up now yeah, as well yeah. they could make a late push for fourth David Moyes almost smiled <laughs> I thought the world was going to end yeah, terrifying yeah. Mm. It's, even when he smiles it's quite scary <laughs> <laughs> Everton and Arsenal have both got decent runnings haven't they yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be a real real That's battle right. for them mm. to, to, sorry for, for teams to keep up with them but I thought that um, Ferguson's getting more magnanimous these days he was Is like he? Yeah, Everton were the better side I know Ferguson loves Moyes he yeah. loves Moyes doesn't he yeah. and Everton were the better side but it doesn't normally sort of stand in the way of Ferguson yeah he, uh, he did surprise me there yeah. well Jack Rodwell and uh, Dan Gosling scored goals for Everton good to see a couple of uh, I think they're local lads they are they? Yeah, yeah. Jack Rodwell's from Southport, I think, which is right, you know, right close. So that's right. Yeah, I mean, a ridiculously I, I overhyped by Andy Ray. Gray. Went mental, basically, as you said, because Jack Rodwell paced past Johnny Evans, who was yeah. absolutely yeah. Just, exhausted by that. But Rodwell yeah. didn't do it particularly gracefully or anything. He just he came up to him and he knocked it past him. And great finished. finish. It was Great a good, finish. It was a good finish. Yeah. But the way Gray, you've got to be a particularly special player, <laughs> footballer, to do that. And I say footballer because that's what he is. That's clear something up for me. Bloody hell! I thought he was a hot air balloonist. He's drinking on the job. It? Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think if there's one thing young English players need, though, it's to be massively, massively hyped when they do even one thing that's remotely good. Get him on that plane. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be flying it with his talent, Luke. I couldn't yeah. believe what, how he was going. And on. I say a plane because that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he did play well, and they, they all played well. It was a great performance by Everton and Manchester United. It, do you know what it looked like to me? <laughs> well, it might be a bit of a simplified way of looking at it, but it looked like. Rooney was trying way, way too hard to score against his old club. Yeah. And because and the team are relying on them a lot, and I know Berbers have got a goal or whatever, but I mean, that was poor defending. Nice fin, nice yeah. fin. It was, but it was poor defending. He had all sorts of time yeah. in the box. Yeah. Um, it, they just felt, they just, didn't, they just didn't seem to have that fulcrum that they're so used to relying on this season because he was trying too hard and he couldn't really get out of so get out of his feet or do what he wanted to do. The Milan game is obviously going to have taken its toll as well because it, it was a brilliant, brilliant game, wasn't it? It was very, very yeah. high tempo, so it's really that's going to affect the players. Absolutely. Um, Chelsea beat Wolves. Uh, Shock quite, there, eh? Yeah. Quite, but quite, they laboured over it. Though. I thought Wolves were quite unlucky. Terry was rubbish. Really? I don't want to get on the back of him just because of all these sort of off the pitch transgressions. But has there been off the pitch? Apparently stuff, so. Right, okay. But um, he really, from what I saw. Um, and uh, I didn't see the entire game. I just the, saw the BDI highlights. of he Luke made, Moore. He made a couple of sort of quite high-profile howlers that I think a better side would have exploited. Yeah, mm. you know, he's a couple of swing and misses and all sorts. Do you think he's uh, 
place on the plane might be up for grabs. I think probably him being on the plane was a problem from Dubai, I guess. Oh. Oh, probably so tired. So Campbell is massive now. He's you so said that. You said yeah. that before. He's got the biggest arse of any football I've ever seen. <laughs> Bigger than Des Walker's. He was notably. Yeah, up there. Large, up there with him. Des, Des Walker's. But Saul Campbell turns now like sort of like a, an old person turns when the pavement's all iced over. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not really sure of his foot, and it's so, it takes so long to do it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not going to fall over now. He's going to have a fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like what the difference between walking somewhere and going for a walk. It's like, yeah. Fall over, <laughs> have a fall. I mean, it seems like it's something quite. Serious for <laughs> Campbell. Well, that's right. Well, uh, Arsenal beat Sunderland 2 0. Mm-hmm. Um, that was quite laboured as well. Yeah. Last minute penalty to secure it. But as it? we yeah. said, though, you know, you know, United and Chelsea are dropping points. I mean, Chelsea, they drew away to Hull. Okay, they didn't drop points at Burnley, but they were fortunate to, yeah. to win there. They lost to Everton. I mean, Arsenal. They got a good they, run in. They, they, uh, you never know. Every single game. I know, I know disservice to the other teams in the league because there's obviously some good teams in that run that Arsenal have got but you could honestly mm. say that every single game Arsenal have got now is winnable mm. Arsenal have to just they've got to spank someone to get that belief back yeah. that's you right I mean? yeah um, well Aston Villa uh, hammered Burnley 5-2 yeah. and I, I love the commentator he said you know it's your day when Heskey scores or some words <laughs> to that effect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say something vaguely controversial you, you guys may sort of take issue with it mm. I actually think that Emil Heskey is one of the best target men in the world I, I genuinely believe that there was so many mm. I know it's only against Burnley and stuff yeah. and there's so many instances like, against them where he, he looked like <clears> he could hold the ball up in the penalty area for as long as he wanted sure. no he one could get near him no but, one but get I, th- I think him. the problem comes when he's actually delivering to someone dispatching it to possibly, someone I think but, after yeah, that yeah possibly but there's no one but, uh, there's but no also, one other than one or two players but also in front of goal yeah. He's poor in but front of But is that his game, though? Is that his game? Yeah, but, but to call him one of the best in the world. No, target men. Target yeah, OK, men. I understand that, but and I know that's not the point you're making. You're talking about Let me put it another man. way, then. There's no one, well, there's not many players around who can bring other forward players into the game as well as him. It, he, in the world game, though. All right, is, okay. is it more accurate to say he's the best defensive striker in the world? Yeah, yeah possibly, yeah. <laughs> but that, I mean, defensive strikers play more... No, well, that's what like Kevin Davis is a player yeah, like that. Yeah. That's very, very, very brilliant at what he does. Yeah, very yeah. brilliant. Very brilliant. <laughs> I like his skills. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I, th- I think we all do. Um... Fulham beat Birmingham 2-1 Fulham going well mm, 2-1 the goals in that game Zamora Yeah I'm going to have to well. You're talking about World's best at holding it up man. Tune in in, tune in in June For my uh, my suicide Live on air <laughs> <laughs> As promised When Zamora gets his place On the plane I'll tell you something I've watched I've gone to see Fulham A couple of times recently Or the Barcelona of West London, if you will, um, because that's which defi- we won't. <laughs> that's definitely not going to Chelsea. That title. That's like so, when Sam Haman called Cardiff the Barcelona of Northern Europe. They're not. That's what he said. <laughs> it's Fulham, Tell and uh, I saw them uh, against Burnley. They were excellent. I also saw them against Shakhtar Donetsk, who are a better side than, than Fulham. Yeah, it's as simple as that. They camped in their half for a good sort of. They did well at, at half time. It was one all, and it was fortunate it was one all. And I remember thinking, you know. They can hammer Fulham, but Bobby D's pops up, isn't he? But you know, but that's what where, that's where you get your money from people like Roy Hudson because you think, well, what's Roy going to do for the second half? Yeah. And he, yeah. he did he change it around? Well, he, uh, whatever he did, it worked. <laughs> you don't know what he did. <laughs> you can't remember. Also, you've got to give a lot of credit to Hodgson in terms of what he's done with the players he's brought in because Bobby Zamora did not look like a sort of no. great he's signing. He's got a to superb goal he's, against Shakhtar. He's, well, he's, he's got a lot of really good goals this season. He's been really, really mm. good for them. Damien Duff as well. I mean, he was he, he was lost well. at, at Newcastle. I think it's fair to say he really. 
didn't that's look right. the same player he was at Chelsea. And I mean, that's he's right. not quite like those heights now, but he looks much better than he has been for well, a long time. Well, even yeah. Al Fayed, he's playing his part. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, apparently the the Shakhtar Donetsk, they were turned away from the Harrod store. They were two days before they were playing against Fulham. Um, the, the, the squad turned up to Harrods to spend a bit of cash, hard-earned cash, you know. Mm. And um, the, but they turn up wearing their, their tracksuits, and they were denied entry to the to Harrods because um, the, the the group was uh, too big and suspicious. Too big that, and right? suspicious was the uh, the health and safety reason for not letting them in. It's an interesting tactic from, yeah. from a shop owner. <laughs> I, yeah. I used to I used to do that in, in Harrods. Not that I visit Harrods very often, but my ex-girlfriend uh, visited a couple of times, and uh, my I've got this uh, this shirt that. They've got press studs instead of buttons. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she'd be walking in front looking at perfume and stuff, and I'd be walking around behind her. But every time she's not looking, I'll undo another button until <laughs> I'm completely topless, and I'm just walking through the thing with her, but with, like, with, with my shirt open. She just got annoyed. Uh, and also, and also just in this... Just in, you yeah. <laughs> Why did you choose Harrods in particular? Well, it's a, it's, it's a really fancy shop. Yeah, People true. don't want you walking around. <laughs> Jason Donovan right. got... got um, he wasn't allowed in because he didn't have a shirt on. You could That's take, right, you can't, you yeah, can't have a shirt you can on. Take the boy out of Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> There's a phoenix in Newcastle. Same rules. Same rules. Hang on, Jason Donovan was, was in there with like shirtless. Yeah, why do? You, why would you do that? If yeah. you're, even if you're <laughs> Jason Donovan. Yeah. Where does Kylie Minogue buy her kebabs? Oh, Jason's Donovan. Oh, Jason's Donovan. Yeah, that's inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even mates anymore. Clearly goes to Belly Busters <laughs> yeah. in uh, in Farnborough. Um, yeah. So Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, they've not been to Harrods. So, I think that's. I think that's something else I'd like to clear up. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about that. We'll do that after. <laughs> <show>. but, um, <laughs> uh, we talked about David James. I think it was last week where we um, were talking about. Was it on Ramble Extra or was it the main Ramble? No, show? no, it was. It was on okay. the. It was on the uh, the main podcast. Um, but you can get Ramble Extra every Friday on four four two dot com. David James said that he did a. He does a column in the Guardian Observer. Um, on a Sunday, yeah. The Observer. Yeah. Forgive me. Ghost written. Yeah. No doubt. That's probably not even seem to think he writes it. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about the, his worst uh, media moment when, uh, during an interview, he said that uh, he mentioned that he'd play, sometimes would play computer games for up to eight hours at a time. Now, we mentioned him on, I think it was the last week's show. It was the excuses bit at the beginning of yeah, the last week's right. show. Yeah, that's right. And he said that he'd mentioned he'd played computer games for up to eight hours at a time um, and later on after he'd spoken to the journalist he said oh could you cut that bit out but he said the editor really liked it so he thought oh well uh, no harm I'll, I'll let them keep it in he said the next thing it was being reported that he was addicted to computer games and he said uh, people now shout to him oh Jamo where's your Nintendo and all this sort of I've stuff. propagated that myth <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it so I'm, um, I'm sure that's not. I mean, Jamo knows better than me because it was him but that's not quite how I remember it I have to say well but fair enough uh, Jamo strikes back. He was obviously listening to the show. Yeah, that's right. And then what? Yeah, well, I mention it now. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Seems strange to bring it up now, Jamo. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your Nintendo? <laughs> yeah. um, in the championship, we're going to mention Robbie Savage again. Yeah, uh, not was, for uh, not for something he did, something that was done to him. Yeah, Gorka uh, Pintado. Yeah, that's Pintado. Him. Yeah, Swansea. Uh, the Swansea player 
put in an absolute reducer on him. That was that, that wasn't even in the realm of reducer. That was one of the worst changes I've ever seen. That was pro- possibly and maybe probably worse than Bell Hadges tackle when the African Cup of Nations against Algeria in the semi-final <laughs> I always wince a little bit extra on those challenges when, when it's on a player that's sort of coming to the end of his career because yeah. you know if they get a <laughs> broken leg that's probably he it might have a fall <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but did you, did you all see it because it was Ball. absolutely scandalous yeah. it sent him about three feet into the corner flag <laughs> yeah. and then all the players piled over which meant Pintado the guy who made the initial challenge got bowled over and was on the floor on, like, underneath like a mosh pit of players <laughs> and he, he didn't even see his red card because he was lying down to so many people he had to get told he was sent off but it was an absolutely disgraceful challenge luckily Savage was alright he got up and yeah, yeah. he's a hard man Savage well he likes to think he is Mark. <laughs> right okay Mascherano was lucky not to go off as well mm. oh, did that, you see Jermaine oh, Defoe yeah. against Wigan that was a yeah, wonderful challenge as well Defoe's a bit... he's got to cut that out of his game yeah, he really, really does because really really I, don't, I don't see why um, on that I don't see why Redknapp's not picking Pavlichenko over Crouch because he's playing yeah. Crouch hasn't done an awful lot recently it was, it was weird to see him take off Defoe because the, the, the points weren't secure by any uh, Maybe, yeah, it's te- maybe it's a temperament thing. Mm. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe he's got to cut it out because I can see him. Now we sort of touch wood, Rooney sort of trying mm. to sort himself out, maybe growing up a little bit, sorting that um, knife edge temper he's got out for the World Cup, hopefully. The last one we need is Defoe to step into the breach mm. and yeah. get sent off and cost us. And the last thing Algeria need is Barcelona bound uh, Bell Hadge to start. Uh, is, if is he, he goes to Barcelona, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd all be very happy for him. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, Xavi mentioned that he thought he was a decent player. I'm not going to go against the, one of the greatest midfielders of our generation. And those proactive journalists of <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> one thing but, I've done more than Xavi, I reckon, is watch Bill Hadge play. <laughs> <laughs> it's possibly the only part in life I feel more authoritative to talk about than Xavi. Bill Hadge is not very good at the back. He's quite good going forward. He's a winger. He's a left winger for me. And what I mean when I say he's quite good going forward is I mean that he's fast. Yeah, and yeah. Good, good shot on him. If he, he, no, he's all right. He's a decent player, but he's a liability at the back. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, he looks really, really impressive against Milan. I remember that he was absolutely bossing yeah. the left. Yeah. When, when he's he's a conference player, yeah. and when he's when he's when he's um, enjoying his football, going forward, he's, he is a bit of a handful. And that goal he scored against Southampton, where he sent the keeper down, was was a nice touch mm. as well. But uh, I don't think he's Barcelona class personally. Um, well, what absolutely. Going back to the original point, um, Swansea did beat Derby at Derby, and they're currently fourth. And yeah. we got an email. Uh, from a, a certain Ben Pugsley. He said, Hi, lads. Um, as a child, my uncle regularly took me to watch this particular side, sometimes in the uh, third, but usually fourth tier. And I, I enjoyed the games, but uh, they always seem to be struggling, this team. In fact, the year I moved away from the area, the club were in dire financial straits, having been sold for a pound in 2001, facing relegation to the conference. Since then, the club have left their traditional home and are now tenants in another stadium. There's no great stability with uh, regards to managers. The club has spent uh, conservatively. Um, the team star has been injured for the best part of two seasons, and they lost their star striker in the summer. Could someone please shed some light on how on earth we could quite possibly be seeing Swansea City in the Premier League next season? <laughs> <laughs> well... I mean, they're, they're not big scorers. I think, I think no. that is the sort of major sort of top-line stat from their season so far. But what they are pretty good, as we saw against Derby at doing, is grinding out wins, and they don't concede an awful lot. Mm. And whilst I don't think they'll get promoted, I think they'll probably just drop off short, because you've, mm. I think Newcastle, West Brom and Forest are all better sides than them. Go on this one. It doesn't always work like that. I mean, yeah. I mean when you get in the playoffs, it is something of a lottery. I mean, you know, it's teams who possibly, arguably, don't deserve to go up do sometimes go up yeah, and so right. Swansea could do it I don't think they will yeah. but they're just, t- they're just, they're just tight and they, just, they don't concede an awful lot mm. and Jason Scotland w- was going to be a. I thought they'll, they'll really struggle without him 
He's not scored a single goal in the, in the Premier League. No, he's, he's no. looked way out of his depth. It shows it? you the difference. I think he's the yeah. player with the most amount of shots without scoring in the Premier League this season. Yeah. Well, we mentioned Ebanks Blake on the previous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well. he's been farmed out on loan to somewhere else, hasn't he? That's right. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I mean. They're, they're just they're just good at grinding out results basically. Mm. But I mean, I, I think they'd really struggle in the Premier League should they get promoted. I'd like to see them in the Premier League. I just I think it'd be really interesting to have a Welsh team up there. Yeah, I think yeah it'd of be course. really, yeah, really yeah, yeah. just yeah. fun. Cardiff would be gutted. They've been sort of knocking <laughs> it off for a while. You know. Newcastle look as though they're going to get promoted. PT. Yeah, three 0 at Preston. I genuinely, at home to Preston. Yeah, I mean we've we've lost the lead. We we've sort of um, cut that lead down to two uh, fairly recently, and we sort of built it back up again with sort of Forest dropping points and uh, and Lovin Cran's playing well. Yeah, he's he's playing all right. Yeah, since he since he came back and, and um, I, I just can't I kind of fear for the squad in uh, the Premiership. To be quite frank, I think there's a lot of average footballers still. But we had that problem last season. We're not. But that, that said, we're not playing particularly well. We've got too many strikers that aren't of Premiership quality or even even decent Championship quality. I think. Um, no, that's but, 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 <laughs> but they are top of the Championship. You know, we've talked up sides yeah, like I, Forest I just, in previous. You weeks wonder what will so happen with their ownership in the summer if they do mm. go up. I mean, mm. what's Ashley going to do? Is he going to pump money in? Is he going to say right? Let's get. I think it'll still it be. In, I think it'll still be in charge. Uh, yeah. come, uh, I just think we'll have a, a torrid time in the Premiership. I mean, we do. I've been a couple of good signs like Van Aert from. Uh, I think he's from Chelsea. I think he, yeah. from, from. I think he's, he's had his loan extended, but a lot of these are loan players. Williamson, I really. Like and, okay. uh, and, and and we've got we've got a fairly tidy defence at the moment, which yeah. is quite good. But um, I, I genuinely fear for uh, for next season if we um, if we don't get a decent, you, you just, have to just hit the target. I think. That, yeah. Well, whatever that's a strength for them. I think it, Newcastle is such a big club that if they went up, I don't think it would be as much of a problem attracting players to the to the side. Yeah. I mean, they had the, the second clubs. biggest attendance in the in the whole of the professional leagues in England on yeah. the weekend. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be quite similar to when West Ham came back up, and it was just like, oh, they're back. You know what I mean, it, it was quite a simple transition sure. for them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously West Ham are a bit of a sort of strange beast in that one season they'll, they'll nearly go down and they'll be fine the next season. It just sort of repeats itself. But I think maybe this is because I don't follow Newcastle as close as you do, Pete. But Mike actually does seem to have learned to just shut up, which is attracting a lot less. Yeah, it's attracting a lot less sort of negative press, which is mm. can only be good for them. But well, Newcastle are a team. I think we can all say, all joking aside, and it's what's true of West Ham, Jimbo. Is they that, are a team. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, uh, I'm a team. Newcastle, <laughs> I'll call them a team because that's what they are. <laughs> I don't know why we're all Cornish then. Right. Anyway, but um, they're, they're a team who are big enough, a uh, club that are big enough, like West Ham. They deserve to be in the Premier League. You know, they're, they're, they're a big side. They're, they're well supported. Good infrastructure. You know, they've done they've done stuff in the Premier League recently. You know, so they should get promoted this season. And I think, like I say, they won't have as much trouble attracting players as maybe Swansea would if they got promoted. Yeah. In Dorset, uh, Weymouth fans are being offered free entry for uh, this week's game against Braintree Town, which will, I think, have been played uh, by the time this comes out. Um, the reason why they're being offered free entry is because um, the club are apologising for their heavy defeat at Basingstoke Town. Uh, the Terrors, as they're called, they lost 6-0 with uh, Basingstoke striker Mitchell Bryant uh, breaking the conference record by scoring all six goals. Double hat-trick. Double hat-trick. You That's a great that afternoon year. for him. A haul in a brace. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Weymouth chairman, uh, George Rolls. That is a chairman's name. <laughs> George <laughs> Rolls. <laughs> That's how he rolls. I can imagine um, him rolling down the hill, eating a roll in a Rolls Royce. It, it a ramble roll seems appropriate. A ramble roll. Yeah. yeah. Steve uh, Jobs' ramble roll. <laughs> Maverick vapor, Steve Hobbs. <laughs> vapor. I don't he's, know. Uh, he'll take vapor? it. Kind of works. <laughs> Not to be confused with Kurt Baker. That's right. <laughs> Another one of our listeners. Or we know Kurt him all Douglas. By name. Um, 
Yeah, George Rolls, he issued an apology um, saying that the performance was embarrassing. He told the club website, this is not what we at the football club expect and you as paying fans do not deserve. So, free entry. It's good. It's all right. I just hope they don't get spanked again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll pay them to turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's almost similar to when Wigan got smashed nine by Spurs and then they got yeah. the money transfer yeah. money paid for and stuff, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. It's a lovely little touch. It's almost similar to the old, the old um, thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where the pay-what-you-want policy. That's right. Mm. Good. Um, good. Better. <laughs> <laughs> In Munich, there is a new kit on show. The Munich yeah, 18... on the block. The zoo. <laughs> oh, good one, yeah. James. If only I'd have thought you of that. Do your job, Marcus, yeah. <laughs> if you'd let me. <laughs> OK, you cheeky so-and-so. Um, 1860 Munich. They, uh, they have a new kit. This is for their uh, 150th uh, year. Celebrating that. Um, they wanted to pay homage to their history through the design of this kit. So what they've done is they've stitched their entire history into the kit. Yeah, I've That's seen a it. lot of stitching. There's a lot of stitching. <laughs> Surely yeah. screen printed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It really, it really. I can't have a look at that. Um, so 1860 Munich, you know, 150th anniversary kit, whatever. Can I say great idea, poor execution? Absolutely. It looks yeah. quite bad. It's, it looks like you know when uh, it looks like you're having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, it's really. <laughs> hard, it's got a hard thing to look at. Mm. It's, like a, it's like a graffiti kit. It's too much going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a nice idea though. Like it's when blue, we, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's reversible though. So they've got a sensible kit and that crazy. Oh, okay, right. Right. That's right. See, the thing is, I hope they use it, because Getafe, the Burger King kit, they don't use it, do they? No. If you've got a reversible kit, can sort of the players choose which side to have? <laughs> yeah, so you've got, like, maybe five of you with one and <laughs> the rest Alex with the Ferguson, other. They might be difficult to see. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember some... Well, I, it's not similar, but it's a kind of a, a quirky idea like this. Do you remember Alaves? Yes. In Spain, who yeah. uh, Liverpool beat in the, in the UEFA Euro Cup. 5-4, mm. yeah. wasn't four. Four, it? Was. Big game. That's right. I remember when I, I can't remember why maybe you're decroyed Salavez. Yes, That's right. Yeah, yeah no, yes. Yeah. They probably. I think they had uh, like a Boca Juniors esque yeah, type did. top. Yeah, they had a kit. It was celebrating uh, a particular landmark in their history, and the kit. And a friend of mine had. He was a Liverpool fan, and he went to watch the game, and, they, and he switched kits, and he showed me the kit had in. But it was it was it, it was stitched in the same colour, mm-hmm. so it didn't kind of. It wasn't covered in names. It was the names of all the season ticket holders on this kit. Nice, oh. covered in this in this kit. But like as I say, from a distance, you wouldn't really see that. No. But it was. It was That's great. I thought it was brilliant. Fit that in. Didn't Manchester United do a yeah, uh, blue, blue and white one with blue like one, McClare? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's right. Arsenal had a kit a few seasons ago where it was um, like there was a story of Arsenal's history actually written on it in sort of like okay. handwriting. Mm. There was a kid in uh, the way used to play football. <laughs> <laughs> there was a kid we used to play football with down uh, down the wreck near my house. Uh, he had the word Fowia. Which was supposed to say Fowler, but he'd written the L in a lowercase. <laughs> just, <laughs> just the L, though, so he called him Robbie Fowler. Oh, there's Robbie Fowler down there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Same place I played with Michael Brown, the footballer. Um, did you, did you yeah. used to play with him, did you? But no, once we did. Okay. <laughs> once we did, but it was very exciting. Did you, I, bet he, I bet he was really dirty. Yeah, really did did you have a long He was very enough. easy on us. He was very easy was on it? us, yeah. But you, you could tell a quality even then, Luke. Yeah. You could yeah. tell a quality even then. Yeah. He said, that's what he said about me. Well, you, say that, <laughs> you say that, but I've watched her at Pompey a couple of times this <laughs> In Serie A, um, well, or in Brazil, should I say, Adriano 
has opened the door to a sensational return to Italy with Roma. He's the emperor. Mm. He do what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said. Uh, he said I would very much uh, like to have the chance to join Roma and have the chance to play alongside Francesco Totti. See, are into are into sort of going. Hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know that when we said you could go for nothing to Brazil because you felt a bit depressed and that. Mm. Like, and now we're just seeing you at Carnival, <laughs> getting completely rat <laughs> Now you're coming back, play for a team, you know, a rival team. <laughs> Well, how, how much is he going to test their patience? Well, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe Inter might like it. I mean, Roma are second, so Inter, he might yeah. he might kind of break maybe up the top. Agent. Exactly. Yeah. This is a contract drawn up by the same bloke who did Lua Lua, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, he's hurt he, us. I was, yeah, he's hurt us. <laughs> he's hurt himself at the carnival. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Luca Toni might be annoyed. He should probably enjoy him playing up front with Totti. Yeah. I don't know. They'd I play with Totti behind, couldn't they? Well, get them all on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. <why laughs> um, he said. He said it would be fantastic for me to return to Italy because I have wonderful memories from there. Well, apart from the time when you were really depressed and well-documented <laughs> personal problems, yeah. which meant you had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, his contract. Uh, let's not make light of such things. No, of course not. Um, Adriano's contract with Flamengo does expire at the end of the current campaign. So he will be a free agent soon. Do you know what I think? Mourinho said said you can go and obviously we all thought that's a really nice one of the few examples of of altruism in football he's letting them go to sort himself out. What he's actually said behind the scenes is you must come back and whoever our sort of nearest title rivals are (laughs) you've got to ruin them. (laughs) And that's what's happening. So Adriano's going to miss loads of sitters. Adriano's going to turn like Chris Iwalumo and uh, and miss loads of chances. Yeah. Mm. Uh, across the uh, city um, to the to the red and black half, Leonardo. Again, it's just across the stadium, really, isn't it? Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Figuratively speaking, though, Marcus, we're with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the camp's divided, frankly. That's right. <laughs> uh, the Milan coach Leonardo. Apparently, he's been uh, Silvio Berlusconi has been spouting off. You'd never believe that, would you? Um, he's hit back at him because uh, Berlusconi's been hit crit- back. Well, Leonardo's not said anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Berlusconi. Berlusconi's uh, Leonardo's oh, sorry, hitting yeah, back yes, to Berlusconi. Right, yeah. Berlusconi was statue, perhaps. Uh, maybe yeah, yeah. he's criticising the team. Berlusconi was. He slated them for their performance um, against Manchester United when they lost three two at home. Um, but Leonardo's he's saying he's come out and said, if the president wants me to leave, he just needs to say the word. He said it doesn't do me any harm either because we have a, a mature team. I've been at this club for 13 years and the president only needs to say one word, just one. It makes it out like it's some sort of code word. Leonardo, yeah. he's getting tough. <laughs> Leave well, Leonardo alone, he's a beautiful boy. Well, exactly, he's a beautiful imagine boy. How, imagine how annoying that would be. That's, that would be like Arsene Wenger getting regular criticism from Gordon Brown. It's <laughs> 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 weird. Yeah, I, I hate to be a, a Milan, Real Madrid yeah, supporter yeah. just for these sort of reasons. It's just all yeah. oh, bullshit. I just, oh. <laughs> 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 Leonardo is a very, very, very handsome chap. <laughs> Superb good, footballer. Good hair. And, and a, a great mane. A, a lovely, yeah. a lovely set of flowing locks on his on his head. Who was it said recently that give him a bit of respect? They realised what an international uh, man he was when apparently he talks all these different languages. Yeah. So he'll talk Portuguese to the Brazilian lads, then he'll talk English to Beckham, yeah. then he'll talk Italian to these guys. He just he, loves it all over it. Great stuff, all over no, it. I, th- I think you know Leonardo has had a little bit. He went for a sticky patch when he first took over. He's bending well, in okay. They uh, go for a little bit of a. But wobble. it's his first. Is it his exactly, first job? First big job, certainly. Well, this guy effectively would have given him the job. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so I mean, the they're third. They're, they're seven points behind Inter with a game in hand. They beat Bari last night away, two 0 mm. That's right. Yeah. So I great think... goal from Boriello as well yeah. in that. He's a superb footballer. He is a good player. He is a good player. So um, this is a kick. 
But in, Inter are they are dropping points of late. It's yeah. a shame that I mean Roma have suddenly come into it, you know. And if if Milan can just k- keep on winning, because uh, Inter they drew at home against Sampdoria nil nil. God, I was really disappointed with Sampdoria. Inter mm. had both their centre half sent off. In well, the they first had half. Uh, Walter Samuel and uh, Ivan uh, Cordoba sent off on, on thirty and thirty eight minutes. Cordoba is a dirty bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is a dirty bastard, Cordoba. Uh, but Samp did have uh, uh, Pazzini sent off. Yeah, but that, but that was on seventy fourth minute. Yeah. You know. well, Inter- did you see Mourinho? He, he was, was he was very miming animated. He was miming like, kind of. Uh, I'm I'm showing you now, the cuffing the like, as if he was if his hands were cuffed. Well, he was going off on one before the game about how the referees were against interest. Yeah, like, he's, conspiracy. He, that's right. That's right. He's he's, he's unrivaled at galvanising his team in like a siege mm. mentality. Yeah. But the fa- my favourite part of Mourinho Maradona was, <laughs> in that game was when oh yeah Mar- <laughs> when Mourinho uh, what happened was Samuel Eto made one of the worst dives I've ever seen to try and get a penalty and Mourinho was laughing like crying with laughter I didn't know whether he was laughing because of the dive or he was laughing because the referee wasn't giving him anything I think it was probably the latter but it was a yeah. terrible dive right well apparently there's been a lot of stuff going on like that in Italy with the referees actually as in uh, as there has been here and the Napoli fans have been really annoyed with a lot of decisions going against them so they've been wearing masks of Pierluigi Colina I saw that in, really in, in, the, in the stands the referee thing in England is a bit of a misnomer because that, that, mo- most recently that was this weekend just gone sort of proper by Steve Bruce who piped mm. up and said oh well that penalty in the last minute which killed the game for Arsenal you got to ask would, would that have been given down the other end I mean, more only Arsenal's second penalty in the whole season yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean more in terms of when you look at the Defoe offside and the Champions League with Bayern Munich as well yeah well, exactly it's crazy I, 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 don't, I don't see Steve Bruce is one of the like I said he's one of the Statler and Waldorf of moaning twice <laughs> <laughs> and wonderfully pointed out by your good self Luke he does look like an old lesbian <laughs> Uh, lest we forget. How do, we were talking about Serie A, talking about Leonardo. How do we get on to Steve Bruce? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Two peas in the pod, those two, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> one's a cosmopolitan man, speaks many languages, <laughs> loves a beautiful game, and the other one's Leonardo. <laughs> it was all there for you. It was all there for you. Francisco Varallo, or Varallo, yeah. depending on uh, the, the pronunciation. Who is he, I hear you cry? Well... Thank you, Pete. <laughs> well, he's the last survivor of the first World Cup final, which was held in Uruguay in 1930. He was an Argentinian player and, and played in the final, which was Uruguay-Argentina, which Uruguay won 4-2. And he recently celebrated his 100th birthday. Yeah, I, I reckon he, he's probably got a good shout of being the l- oldest living footballer. Is that? Yeah. Probably. I don't know that's true, but he's definitely going to be up there, 100 years old. I mean, he would have been. Is it, it's either him or Carnu. <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. He, uh, he's, um, he would have been twenty years old when, the, when that World Cup final took place, wouldn't he? That's right. Yeah, he was um, the youngest player on the pitch. I think he was. Like, he was one hell of a player. He was a striker, wasn't he? He was a striker. He played for Boca for, for the vast majority of his career. Scored a load of goals for Boca. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, he did. He scored one hundred and ninety-four goals in two hundred and twenty-two matches. Was wow. a record, wasn't that? Right? It was a record. He, uh, that stood until the record was broken recently by Martin Palermo. Saint Martin Palermo, who we've, we've talked about before. Yeah, I read about this as well. He's got. Um, he's been ordered the. Uh, sorry, awarded the FIFA Order of Merit, which is like sort of the the highest honour you can get. That's a huge honour. Yeah, it's like the from the most dishonourable organisation. And people like Pele and Franz Beckenbauer and Bobby Moore have had that as well. So that's a huge, huge honour. That is outrageous. It's interesting as well that he has scored so many goals, and mm. he's not just some sort of like kind of journeyman. That's right. Like yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. substitute <laughs> left back. Yeah. No, he, he, was he was a player. Actual incredible player. He was a player. Well, with regards to uh, the, the scoring record, uh, he said that um, they said, "Oh, what do you think of Palermo?" You know, the, when he overtook his record, and he went. 
do you know any goal scorers who like their records being broken? <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm happy uh, that uh, Palermo's scoring goals because he's a cracking lad, but I can't say I enjoy the fact that he's taken my record. <laughs> I love the thought of a 100-year-old man describing someone as a cracking lad in yeah. Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not a literal translation yeah. there. Yeah. But yeah, oh, fair play to us, great start. Well, yeah, they celebrated... Um, uh, in. They went to uh, a theatre in uh, La Plata, which is... Um, very close to Buenos Aires, where he's from, and they uh, they put images of the first World Cup onto onto the screen oh, and nice. kind of kind of uh, relived it a bit. But he was saying that um, when when looking back on it, he said that uh, apparently he was injured for quite a lot of that final, but because they weren't allowed substitutes, he had to on. struggle on. Yeah, he said I aggravated my injury when uh, I hit the bar with a shot that could have won it for us. I couldn't even walk. And from that point on, Uruguay started to get stronger. Um, he said, but with all due respect to my teammates, they weren't gutsy enough. How I cried that day. Even now, when I look back, it still makes me angry. They're all oh. dead. They're not going to get back at him. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a great man. That I know. Well, yeah. 100 years old. Good oh, he, El Diego's having that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Diego probably call him up. Jinx. I was just there. I was right there. <laughs> I, I tell you what's really um, fun and really awesome. Just a lucid 100-year-old man. There's yeah. nothing better. That's right. He was given by the Argentinian Football uh, Association um, his own uh, Argentina shirt with his name on the back with the, with the number 100. Oh, great. And his nickname that. was a little cannon, wasn't it? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a yeah, very powerful player, is obviously that name. Was Good it, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's cracking. That's what it's all about. Yeah, well, let's move on from, from uh, ageing players that are linked to the game of football. Uh, Nigeria. Um, uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> apparently, uh, a stream of bloggers uh, from some of Nigeria's most popular websites um, have made have have, have been writing uh, uh, with in response to everyone's <laughs> allegations about the, uh, the ages of certain players in the in the Nigerian national team. Um, it started when a former manager of one of the uh, leading Nigerian clubs said that uh, what happened in Angola with regards to the African Cup of Nations is confirmation of what's been happening in the past, where most most of our players falsified their age during the competition. So most players are beyond the age. They professed, and this made it impossible for them to withstand the pace of teams like Zambia and Benin. Mm. Yeah. It does it goes go to show you what, what he was also saying was that there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of players who seem to be absolutely amazing, like under eighteen. That's level, right, yeah. and they just disappear into oblivion. It's obviously yeah. because they're mm. quite a bit older than they say they are. Well, yeah, the, the claims are, as we've <laughs> suspected before, that Kanu's his official age is thirty three, but his real age apparently is forty two. Mm-hmm. I think we all agreed there. <laughs> Oberfemi Martins is not 25, but 32. You yeah. see, now, 25. We, ladies and gentlemen, we actually just stopped recording there, because even reading that, I thought, no, he's not 25. He, he's 28, at least, or 29. Yeah. <laughs> and you all said, no, we just checked that. He does claim to be 25. But I remember him being sort of, when he was at Inter, he was sort of, like, touted as being this sort of young, amazing player. But even yeah. then, he was, like, 21, 22, whatever. They don't seem to actually update their ages as according <laughs> to the normal laws of the passing of time. <laughs> this isn't, like, test. Daily <laughs> pretending <laughs> you know, it, it's gonna come, you know, it's gonna come. You can't just stick a blue, load of Vaseline on the lens when you're recording no, exactly, Oba yeah. Femi Martins yeah. running around. But he, didn't he play for a Greek side first and then move to Inter? The is best that, thing right? about that whole story is the fact that there's uh, Teremo West is his late 50s, yeah. <laughs> and he retired like three years well, it ago. Well, says, it says, Jay, didn't, didn't, didn't Martin start a Greek side? And then he went to Inter. Is that right? He's, he's definitely played at a couple of clubs before he went to Newcastle, definitely. Well, at Inter, he's about 18. 
Yeah, you're talking. Yeah. And that was about... T- <laughs> well, I don't know how long ago. Yeah, JJ uh, Kotcher apparently is ten years older than his official age. And as Luke said, Taribo West, whose playing career ended only two years ago, they reckon he's in late fifties. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it works both ways. It'd be funny to find out if, like, maybe Yakubu's only about nine. Yeah, <laughs> Yakubu's definitely older than his as well. Yeah. Well, uh, it's just... I think they should be applauded. Well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I think they should be applauded. Cool. 42 playing in the Premier League, ladies it's and gentlemen. Just, wow. just, get rid of it, just get rid of all the Nigerian players I in was, the world, I, and they've got to start over again. I noticed when Pompey played Stoke that um, I was thinking to myself, if you're a player playing with Carnu, because obviously he came on, you always know where he's going to be when you want to pass him, because he's where he was when you last saw him. He never moves. He never moves. He's probably the most immobile player. Well, he, apparently. He must be so rich. Like, I know oh, yeah. he's won everything, yeah. and his record sort of states that he has won pretty much everything. Yeah. He he's been around for so long. Law <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of averages as much yeah. as anything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the whole point of the article, which is probably a more serious one, is yeah. that it's, it's so corrupt that that's you can right. pay, if, as long as you've got the money, you can yep. pay for any well, sort of passport you want. That's right, you can go in and... It may uh, get to a situation where European clubs will start asking for sort of MRI scans and stuff like that before they sign Nigerian players. Well, you, you say about the, um, the, the, the forged documents and so on, they're very, very easy to get hold of, but this is... Um, this is the other end of the practical joke. Apparently, a former employee of the British Embassy in Nigeria told uh, one of our uh, papers that that when visa applicants complained to, him, complained to him about having their applications rejected, he would reply, well, don't talk to me about it, I'm dead. And they would look at him and, what? <laughs> and he would just point at the wall behind him, which where his death certificate was hanging. <laughs> he, he, thought, he, so got he got, got a forged well. one. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. to make a point by the looks of it. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not coming to work on Monday. Yeah. Well, have you seen the wall? <laughs> yeah. you know? um, but FIFA reckon they have finally come up with a foolproof uh, way of determining the real age. Um, they are announcing that players uh, are going to be subjected to wrist scans using magnetic... Um, MRI. MRI scans, yeah. Well, we talked about the bone scans. Oh, the saga continues, then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, think I, I think MRI scans should be standard for any footballer. I mean, you, yeah. you, you can forge documents. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's nothing to stop you doing that. Well, I'm the police. It's a moral detritus. Yeah. It is. Yo, what's popping? I'm Ron Ricketts. Yo, what's popping? Here's the emails. Better. Uh, it is emails, ladies and gentlemen. James or Jim, I'd love it if you went first. Well, I'll, I'm happy to oblige. Ramble <laughs> Force, ho, and all that. <laughs> this is one final cry for membership of the Bring Back Barry Davis for South Africa 2010 Facebook group oh. before I begin to email various TV stations. That's right, the group was not just set up in an attempt to win the championship manager goodie bag. Keep up the good work. That's from Andrew Ree in County Down. So, yeah. Go on, Andrew. Get on that, everyone. We'll post a link on the website because yeah. obviously we all want Barry Davis back, even if we have to hound him into doing <laughs> it when he doesn't want to. <laughs> yeah, we can, right. If we can't get him back on the telly, we'll get him on the ramble. That's yeah. a big shout. Yeah. Oh, don't. Let's make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> if you are Barry Davis, give us a ring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not just a bloke called Barry Davis. No. <laughs> we want the voice. Yeah. yeah. We want the voice. Luke, Lukey, have you got one? Yes. Well, read it. Ramble animals. Ho! Oh. <laughs> 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 of a poor start uh, <laughs> me and a couple of mates have just been to Madrid for a football fuels weekend to get a glimpse of the Santiago Bernabeu and to see the Atletico Barca match which wouldn't have been at the Bernabeu oddly uh, <laughs> so I thought I'd share some of the highlights <laughs> following on from you talking about weird things people have said and done at the stands at the games I thought I'd tell you about our experience in the Calderon oh good man we were happy with our occasional cries of putas Catalans 
which means something very rude in, in, in Spanish. The only vaguely offensive Spanish we could muster, but one man in front of us would every so often calmly stand up and just give the pitch his middle finger <laughs> before, sitting, before sitting back down again, no shouting or anything. It was surreal. But most importantly, Greeny, I take it that's his mate, did what no one else has ever done before and never likely to do and stepped out of the Real Madrid tunnel in a whole city shirt with Bullard 21 on the oh, back. Nice. It really is a great stadium. Took us about three hours to complete the tour. We were loving it. Nearly beats the new camp for me. What are your favourite stadiums? Cheers, boys. Chris Simons. That's a good email. Yeah. Good email. Favourite stadiums, then? Well, the new camp's an obvious one that we yeah. all love, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I, like, I, like, I think the new camp would probably be the old Wembley had a bit of an affection old for that. Wembley. So Hi- Highbury was a nice one. Yeah, I, I miss Highbury. Yeah. Stadio Olimpico. Love Wembley nice. the chocolate just, box boys. Oh, yeah. 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 Play. Yeah, Can I throw out. that one in there? Yeah. The Rose Bowl. <laughs> 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 the first sort of was that the first um, sort of circular? You, you know when they cut the grass in a certain way, it's circular. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah. If that was it's the first time I'd seen that. I think the bombonera has got to be a good one. That's a great shout. It is a good one. Yeah, yeah. But Fratton Park. Do you know the one? Yeah, I wasn't going to say the one I. I always think looks a bit interesting on TV. I don't. I wouldn't say it's the best, but it's quite small. Is is Monaco Stadium? Oh yeah. Hmm. What's the one with the big? Um, was cut into the side of a rock. It's in Portugal, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. Is it it for Braga Euro 2004? Or something? something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's quite interesting. I like I like any sort of new stadium. I like any stadium that's not been rebuilt in the same bloody way. Like Darlington's one looks exactly the same, like the Stadium of Light yeah. one. Yeah, they're and all, and all yeah. the bloody yeah. same. Yeah. They drive. It drives me absolutely like mental. IKEA stadiums out of a <laughs> yeah. box. The new camp special. It's, it's, it's dug into the ground. Yeah. It's very right. high, and very t- steep. TV cannot even begin to show you how big it is. It's yeah. just I was really surprised by. It's like moment. it's like little things, isn't it? It's like the villa clock tower and stuff like that. Just kind of like idiosyncrasies yeah. that you don't get yeah. everywhere. The cottage at Craven Cottage. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. brilliant. Though. Yeah, well, the, a- the Azteca is a special one. There's yeah. a pitch in South <laughs> America Azteca. somewhere that's got a tree in the middle of it. They only use it for like exhibition games and oh, stuff what? like that. But they that's do amazing. actually use. Is that it? one of the goalposts? Th- no, no, it's <laughs> right in the middle of the pitch. It's really bizarre. There's it's what, there's Why didn't somebody get rid of that? The halfway line is the equator. And so you play in different hemispheres. Wow. That's, that's, that's <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Brazil, <laughs> yeah. Um, but a study of Azteca has got to be because that's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to Azteca. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we haven't been there. Mm. Probably never will. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Pete, have you got an email? Uh, yes, I have, yes. Uh, it's from uh, a young uh, gentleman by the name of Dave McIntosh. He says, Afternoon Ramblers, I've just returned from holiday in Egypt where I thought I'd use football knowledge to engage with our taxi driver. I started off with the Midor chat, which seems to be, I imagine, standard <laughs> yeah. Englishman talking to Egyptians, uh, but was running out of conversation rapidly, so I thought I'd mention the Africa Cup of Nations. He was loving it, but then I foolishly made a joke about Algeria getting to the World Cup at Egypt's expense. Oh that was a mistake. He was not happy. He slammed on the brakes and started abusing Algeria in his shabby English. Wow. I, I doubt a Saints fan would have taken things that badly. Anyway, I'm off to watch Kenny Pavey on YouTube. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny, Amirzaki went on a rant, didn't he, when there was talk he was going to sign up at Portsmouth. And he went, I'm not signing up at Portsmouth because i got two Algerians and a Jewish manager. No. Yeah, he did yeah, say, that. say that. It's outrageous. Amirzaki said that, yeah. That's, Absolutely that's genuinely outrageous. shockingly awful. Should be fined for that. Yeah, no, and, big time. Uh, speaking of me, though, I, I saw Mido once. That's terrible. They said to Mido, what, he had one of these like, interviews, and said, what would you be if you weren't a footballer? And he was like, I'd probably just do nothing, my family's minted. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, like a, he's like a multi-millionaire. Yeah, he is, yeah, yeah. 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 
Well, I think the uh, championship manager, Goodiebag, will be going to Chris Simmons for his uh, little story, going all the way to Atletico Madrid and coming back with a lovely little story about that man. So, yeah, championship manager, Goodiebag, is on its way to you, Chris. And, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we do read out emails on the Football Ramble Extra over at 442.com. Um, so, you, you tune in there if you've sent us an email because it may well get read out there. Oh, look at his face! Just look at his face! Ladies and gentlemen, it's profile time. And we have an all-time great going in today. Mm. No less. It is Sir Stanley Matthews. Nice. <laughs> Endorsed already <laughs> by the two chaps tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's going to be Round nice. of applause. No. <laughs> this week is the 10th anniversary of his death. Uh, he died on the um, 23rd of February 2000 at the age of 85. Um, Still playing, wasn't he? he <laughs> yeah. Pretty, very late on his career, from what I remember. Very well, yeah. He was an icon of English football and one of the game's true ambassadors, I think I think we can all agree. He was, And he was the type of footballer who lived for the game and worked extremely hard on and off the pitch to improve his uh, performance and fitness. Um, oh, so Stanley Matthews, he was a superbly gifted right winger and one of the greatest players ever to play the game. One could describe him as a thin, frail-looking man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's back he... when the time when every bloke looked old. <laughs> <laughs> he looked, he looked black and white. Exactly from birth. I could imagine yeah, yeah, in, in real yeah. life he was black and white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every bloke looked old. Um, he had skills that were, you know, really ahead of his time. Wonderful ball control, excellent body swerve, and uh, a marvelous sense of balance and timing. And my granddad always used to tell me about them. He says, "Oh, he was fake. He'd fake to go one way and then go the other." And I'm, and I think, really, is that? And he was like, "No, seriously, yeah. that doesn't sound all that." He was a master yeah. of it, an absolute master. Um, and very, very quick. It's sudden, he had sudden bursts of speed over twenty to thirty yards that was just nobody could get near him. Yeah. You know. Um, and uh, his all this skill gave him the nickname the Wizard of the Dribble. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Which is which is what you want. And and again, he was a pinpoint crossing as well. A great uh, provider of goals. But he was born on the first of February, nineteen fifteen, in Stoke on Trent. Forty-two years. Yeah. No, fifty-two years. Fifty-two. Yeah. That's how long ago it was. Yeah, yeah. Before the summer of love. That's how long ago? Before the summer of love. Um, he, he played for England schoolboys when he was spotted by uh, Stoke City and he signed for them in 1932 um, and by the following season he was uh, one of the big players in the uh, in the Stoke side uh, England debut followed in 1934 he scored uh, when England beat Wales 4-0 and his, his reputation um, was known throughout the land and his talent was as well and by the age of 20 in 1935 he was one of the biggest footballing stars in the country in 1938, he asked for a transfer away from Stoke City, but a crowd of nearly 4,000 fans turned up at the ground. They begged him to stay. Wow. Great stuff. And, and he did. Um, now... It's like the old version of like, Henri that you used to do every year at Arsenal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I would stay if they want me to stay. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the time he was 24 in 1939, he played 256 games for Stoke City. But, of course, 1939, World War II had broken out. And for the next six years, bearing in mind he's 24, for the six years, in those crucial years of his uh, playing career, um, he was a member of the, the Royal Air Force. 
Hey, do you remember the Raf? What about that? Yeah, yeah. nice. Nothing but the best. Um, he still played in a number of friendlies um, during this time, and he he was, uh, I suppose, a guest player, if you like, for Manchester United, Blackpool, and Arsenal, um, among others, and still represented England. But of course, it wasn't so official while uh, wartime was on. I thought you were going to say he still uh, he still played football, but it was from the air, <laughs> <laughs> providing aerial yeah. assaults, dribbling past Spitfires, <laughs> jinky winger. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, six of his best years for most players between sort of the age of twenty-four and thirty mm. uh, were, were taken away from him. But after um, he served in the RAF during the Second World War, he uh, there was a bit of a falling out with Stoke City, and he was transferred to Blackpool in nineteen forty-seven for eleven and a half grand. Um, this was all despite uh, protests from supporters. That's a massive amount then, as well. Oh yeah. Very much so. Um, and the Blackpool manager at the time, Joe Smith, uh, said to um, Sir Stanley Matthews, he said, you're 32 now, do you think you can make it for another couple of years? <laughs> well, he did. He famously teamed up with Stan Mortensen, uh, who was uh, uh, a great goal scorer. He and scored three goals in the FA Cup final. That's right. Mortensen, and it was known as the Matthews final. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, that so while, he was, while he was at Blackpool, yeah. <laughs> uh, by the end of the season, he'd won the, uh, the first ever Footballer of the Year award uh, to Stanley Matthews. And he was a runners-up medal in the uh, the FA Cup final. And there was a moment when he played for England at this point, where uh, apparently he um, he famously uh, beat uh, took it the ball past um, uh, when they were playing Italy, his his marker, and he got so far ahead of him so quickly that um, while he was wasting time in the corner, Matthews apparently he stopped and like sort of combed his hair back and all this. Oh, stuff. nice! <laughs> that is nice. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there, I think there's a bit of a myth that some people actually suggest he took a comb out of his shorts and combed <laughs> his hair back. But I don't. I think that's yeah, a little. Most premeditated display of hubris <laughs> ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he was involved in, in a few FA Cup finals, but as Luke said, the, the, the Matthews final is, of course, the one where he um, really uh, stamped his mark on that one. Uh, yeah, despite Mortensen scoring a hat trick, uh, well, it just shows how influential mm. that Matthews was in that final because the final was remembered as the Matthews final. You know, his team were three one down. And he grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and, and set up a few goals and they beat. Put a few on the plate. That's right. Pop bang lovely. Four three winners. Yeah. He got the medal. He got the winners beat medal. Put your clothes on chaps, it's all over. That's right. Um this is possibly my favourite fact about Sir Stanley Matthews. He was the first European footballer of the year. Nice. Nice. That's a, yeah. That's a huge honour. At the age of forty one. Oh, <laughs> Wow, that's a lifetime achievement award. Yeah. That is sensational. Stuff. And that was a, that was a, a feat not repeated until Carnu <laughs> in 1984. <laughs> I love that. So, um, with regards to Joe Smith, you're 32. Do you think you can make it for another couple of years? Well, he's European Football of the Year at 41. Nine years later. That's right. Yeah. In 1957, he was awarded uh, the CBE. An MBE just wasn't enough for this man. No. Um, and he played his last game for England in 1957. And it makes him 41 or 42. 42. Yeah. Makes him the oldest player ever to perform uh, for England at the age of 42. At the age of 46, he rejoined Stoke City. <laughs> and he. And, and he <laughs> Three by West? <laughs> <laughs> he. Um, he they, and it's described as he transformed the team both on and off the field. Gates rose from nine thousand to thirty six thousand within God. a within a season, and Stoke had gained promotion. And he was knighted in nineteen sixty four, and uh, he retired a year later at the age of fifty. <laughs> he retired at fifty. He was not booked um, during that incredible career of his, which spanned <laughs> about thirty three years. 
Um, and of course, yeah, I finished at the age of fifty, and and apparently it was actually it was a knee injury that that really kind of forced him to retire. He he maintained that he could have carried on longer. <laughs> I, just, just... I, like, I like how he probably wouldn't be allowed back into the air force at that age. Right? I know. Well, it, it, I mean, he appeared in nearly eight hundred competitive matches at club level, seven hundred one in the football league. There wasn't as many games back then. Either. No, that's right. Yeah. Um, Fifty four caps for England, um, and in in nineteen sixty five. Uh, they had a testimonial game in honour of uh, Sir Stanley Matthews. 35,000 people were there. Did he play? They, wit- they witnessed a 10 goal thriller. Did he play? <laughs> he must have played. <laughs> um, and, and, it, and, and this is how much this man is revered throughout the world, uh, the game of football. Lev Yashin, the great Russian goalkeeper, oh, yeah. considered perhaps the best uh, goalkeeper of all time. Uh, Ferenc Pushkash yeah. and Alfredo De Stefano. Wow. That's a lineup, that is. Do you know what I mean? That is unbelievable stuff. That's your father, son, and the Holy Ghost right there. <laughs> there it is. Um, but yeah, just extraordinary what this man achieved, and it's it's incredible, really, that we don't know so much about him because he really is such a one of the the greats, probably maybe even the best player that that England has, has ever produced. You know? Didn't he really sort of uh, argue? I know there's a little bit of sort of. Um debate about this but didn't he almost invent the sort of modern winger role as well well some people suggest that I mean it's, I think it's tricky to the say the formations were a bit different there but he, that's right they yeah. would have called it sort of outside left or outside yeah. wide right or whatever but I think the right winger is the winger as we know it now some people suggest that he yeah. kind of um, you know was, was the forerunner to that um, but after his playing career, you know, when he retired, he um, he went into management first at Port Vale and then uh, moved to Malta, uh, Malta to coach Hibernians, uh, where he occasionally played. <laughs> so uh, goodness knows how I old he is. Like, <laughs> he's not a young manager there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he's not even a young manager. Um, but and the, and the most amazing thing is that that he went on to play so old um, so effectively as well and and pace and jinkiness was all a part of his game mm. yeah. you know but uh, but he apparently he was a, he was a teetotaler he didn't smoke he was a vegetarian mm. which was unheard of yeah, yeah, yeah. back then you know well teetotalers are unheard of now with football <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. You know? um, but yeah he, he also uh, coached a team of, of Bantu players in South Africa uh, in the 70s um, did and he in, play? And I, I can only assume. <laughs> and in '82, he went to live in uh, in Canada, where he continued to coach. And, yeah, because you know he he actually he featured in Nazzle. Actually. No, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure in, in the book I read about New York Cosmos, it, it mentioned Stanley Matthews in Canada. So yeah, there you go. Top score. Even got himself into Nazzle. Yeah, oh, that is just <laughs> all roads lead to Nazzle. <laughs> Don't they just? Um, he died in hospital in, in uh, the year 2000, and after his death, more than 100,000 people lined the streets of Stoke-on-Trent to pay tribute to the great man. He, he was um, made the inaugural uh, inductee of the English Hall of Fame, in a Football Hall of Fame in 2002, and there's a statue of Matthews outside uh, Stoke City's Britannia Stadium, um, and the dedication on it reads, His name is symbolic of the beauty of the game, his fame timeless and international, his sportsmanship and modesty universally acclaimed a magical player of the people for the people the international federation of football history and statistics voted him the 11th greatest footballer of the 20th century amazing and apparently for the, the first of february has unofficially been named sir stanley matthews day and one of the themes is to promote uh, dress down days in in the, the workplace <laughs> and you're encouraged to wear uh, football shirts and all that kind of stuff and so i look long for- baggy tra- shorts yeah that's right i, lo- I look and forward to that get booked. that's right i look forward to that next year but just to end with a few quotes brian clough said of the man i grew up in an era when he was god to those of us who aspired to play the game he was a true gentleman and we shall never see his like again and he was a real gentleman mm. um and gianfranco zola said he told me that 
that he used to play for just £20 a week. Today he would be worth all the money in the Bank of England. But to end, I shall uh, quote from the great man Pelle, who simply said, Stanley Matthews, the man who taught us the way football should be played. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, so Stanley Matthews, come on in. Gentlemen, Betway predictions. I got mine right. Pete, you got yours right. I did, yeah. Luke, you got yours I right. I did. Genoa to beat Udinese yeah, at home. I got mine off. Three Sunderland. Nil. James? I got mine wrong. But who's the runaway leader? Yeah. <laughs> Still you at the moment. Yeah. Probably. I took yeah. a nice, safe, easy um, bet from Bobby Zamora. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he got me 91st, was it? 91st? Free kick. In Free injury kick. Time. In injury time. Um, well, who have we gone for this week? I've gone for Fulham away to Sunderland. Oh, that's a touch and go one for me. I fancy some yeah. of the turn, turn, turn their season around. Well, you're wrong. Fulham <laughs> don't travel too well, do they? So well, They're like a cheap wine, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've gone for Birmingham <laughs> to beat Wigan at home because Wigan are overall quite poor. Uh, Petey, what have you got? I'm going to go mental and go for Liverpool-Blackburn <laughs> draw. Because so Torres may be hobbling back onto the pitch, but he's, uh, I, I just, I just, they're just a bit... Rubbish. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, true. It's I think it's not a bad shout, they're actually. Blackburn had a great win last week. So. Yeah, they're, they're OK. They're well, okay for it's betway.com forward slash the football ramble for all your betting needs. That's it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, the uh, email address is podcast at thefootballramble.com and the website is thefootballramble.com check out the blogs and once again my eye recommend the Jim Love Toy one and remember ramblers there's a, a little uh, ramble extra for you on Friday afternoons if you go to 442.com we do uh, roughly about 15 minutes uh, exclusive material for 442 every Friday so uh, get yourselves over there 442.com we do roughly 50, 15 minutes of rough material. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. I think you're roughly right. <laughs> Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, James or Jim. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Pete. This is Pete Donaldson. Saying goodbye. Goodbye. We're all off for an MRI scan, you old gits. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, this this week is the tenth anniversary of his desk. Uh, his desk. <laughs> 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 and the fourteenth anniversary of his first pencil sharpener. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.